Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Tom Ellett, and I serve as the Senior Associate VP of Student Affairs and serve as the co-host, though there isn't another co-host because we are in the midst of COVID-19, and unfortunately, the RAs have gone back home to take care of themselves and be safe. But I'll be doing this by myself, and I'm glad to do so and continue the tradition of the podcast. But tonight, we have an amazing guest. Our guest is Lindsay Gladney, who served as an RA in 26th Street for the immortal Nick Evans, who still works in the department during the 2005-2006 academic year. Welcome, Lindsay, and thank you for joining me on tonight's show. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you, and where are you? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well, you know, despite current circumstances, and I'm at my home in Buffalo, New York, on the west side of Buffalo. Excellent. It's been a long time since I've been in Buffalo, but I've always loved Buffalo. Um, tell me briefly, tell us a little bit about what you're doing today in the professional world. Sure. So I currently serve as Vice Dean for Admissions at the University at Buffalo School of Law. So I oversee the admissions operations here at the state law schools. We're the only law school in the SUNY system. I didn't um, so know keep, that. Yes. Yes. Many people don't know that, but that keeps me very busy. And that's what I've been doing since my return to Buffalo. So you say you returned. So you started out in your hometown going to undergraduate? That's correct. Yes. So I uh, pursued my undergraduate degree here at the University at Buffalo in my hometown. I was born and raised in um, suburbs just north of the city. And I actually, while um, I attended UB, it was only seven miles away, I did decide to live on campus. So I spent all four years of my undergraduate experience living in residence at the University of Buffalo. And please tell me you were an RA as an undergrad. <laughs> of course, yes. So <laughs> in my junior and senior years, I served as an RA um, in the university residence halls at UB. Yeah. What did you study undergrad? First enrolled at the University of Buffalo, I was an undecided major. I was not sure what I wanted to do. Um, I started pursuing kind of your general ed liberal arts requirements and eventually pursued a double major in communications and psychology. Um, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And I spent so much time on campus without a car. So despite only being seven miles from my mother's home, I didn't leave campus that often. I worked on campus first in student life and then in the Office of New Student Programs working with the orientation program. I worked full summers in the orientation office the summer between my um, sophomore and junior year and again during uh, the summer between my junior and senior years. I worked as a TA in the communications department and I was also a cheerleader. So that wow. took up a lot of time. I cheered for football and basketball. So it was a year-round activity. Um, so I kept very busy on campus but yeah, it was an interesting experience to be from the area, but live on campus for all four years. So, Lindsay, you certainly had some kind of impact upon you being involved so much extracurricularly. Was it at that point you thought about getting a graduate degree in higher education? What was the impetus? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, approaching the final semester of my undergraduate experience, I thought, I don't have a plan. What am I doing? I haven't really pursued any professional internships in, you know, marketing or communications. I thought um, briefly about pursuing a graduate degree in psychology. And then I had to take a step back and think, you know, I've done a lot of great work here in my undergraduate experience. And there's 
uh, a whole field of higher education that I hadn't thought about. So um, I have a mentor from the University at Buffalo. His name is Matt Wigan. So he kind of encouraged me to look into graduate programs in higher education. So I actually took a year off between undergrad and um, attending graduate school at NYU. And during that year, I did some research on higher education programs. I felt like I wanted to leave and be in a bigger metro area. I really dreamed of living in a bigger city, at least for some portion of my life. So I applied for graduate programs in Boston and in New York. And I got into NYU and it was a dream. Congratulations. So, yeah, yes. that's great. What, what about the NYU program was so alluring to you at the time? You know, I didn't know much about it until I went to um, Steinhardt's. They had a recruitment weekend for the higher education program, and they might still have this. I'm not sure. Yep. Oh, great. Yep. <laughs> um, and I just think, you know, you're in a, such a massive university in a really big city, and you think it's going to be overwhelming, but then you really get pulled in by the small cohort and the community within um, the Steinhardt School of Education and the higher education program. You know, so I felt like I had actually found my home in such a large institution. Everyone was so welcoming and nice. And we actually had, first we were admitted academically based on you know, our academic credentials, but then you weren't admitted into the full-time program until you landed um, a graduate assistantship position. So the recruitment weekend I interviewed, I remember going home and I didn't have anything offered at the time. I think I had a tentative offer that had fallen through. And then about a month later, I heard from um, Amy Knowles, the mm. assist currently, yeah, the yeah. current assistant dean um, for student affairs and admissions at NYU College of Nursing. And she offered me a graduate assistantship. Now, at the time, Amy Knowles was actually working at the NYU College of Dentistry. She was the director of admissions. So my graduate assistantship for two years during grad school was at the NYU College of Dentistry. And it was a great experience, and that was actually my first experience in admissions. I had always worked in orientation. Um, I loved welcoming students to campus because I thoroughly enjoyed my undergraduate experience, and I wanted everyone to have you know, a similar, if not better, experience than I did. Um, but admissions, I think, in many ways is, is you know, the first step to making that happen. Mm -hmm. So I loved what I did there, and I felt like it was a really good fit for me. So I haven't left admissions since. And so at the same time, at some point in time, you became an RA. That's correct. So my first year of graduate school, um, I rented an apartment in Brooklyn with roommates. And then I researched the process to becoming an RA at NYU since I had that experience at the undergraduate level. So I went through the I think it's still called the rally yes, training it is. It is, it um, is. to be selected. I vividly remember the moment I found out I was selected, which was I was on spring break. It was my first year of graduate school and I was with my sister and I was just ecstatic. I was so happy. I think mm -hmm. I jumped up and down on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what it was like. You were in the 26th Street area. That's one of the last few years that we had 26th Street as an artist. Yeah. yeah. What was it so like? Was, um, it was great. My experience at 26th Street under Nick Evans, um, I still have my Navy NYU Uptown 26th Street zippy. All right. Um, and that I still wear to this day. I oversaw two floors of residence, including a floor of international exchange students who were pursuing, I believe it was Stern's International Business Exchange Program. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a floor of residents who were uh, predominantly domestic, and then I had another floor of international exchange students. And they were from top business schools from around the globe. 
So I feel like I struggled to have not only been able to live together with this group, to, but to engage with them on a personal level, to get to know them, to help them in, in some small way make the most of their experience living and studying at NYU. Did you make good colleagues and friends uh, with the team at 26th and 25th Street? I did, yeah. Some of my fondest memories are, you know, the weekly staff meetings we had. I think they were Wednesday nights, and they were pretty late because, of course, the RAs had so many demands, a lot of academic demands. Some of the RAs were actually graduate students pursuing professional degrees. Um, But, yeah, I remember a really nice camaraderie and also being in a position to learn so much from them because my colleagues came from so many different walks of life, so many different backgrounds. Um, It was a really great experience. Excellent. How about the, uh, you, you talked a little bit about the international students and the IBEX program. Um, any fond memories of programs or, or things that you do with the students? Yeah, so as simple as it sounds, I remember planning a potluck dinner um, with my residents. It was at the end of the fall semester, so I guess that would have been fall of 20, uh, 2005. And it was just before many of the exchange students were set to return to their home countries and so, you know, as it sounds, students made their favorite dish from home. And it was a nice way to celebrate the diverse cultures my residents represented and to say a farewell at the same time. Sounds like a really nice way to continue the community development and make people feel really comfortable about being at a sometimes kind of a lonely place of, of New York City. But uh, it sounds like you made it really homey for them, which is great. Thank you. Let, let's transition a little bit to graduation day and i believe at that time we were at yankee stadium were we at the yankee no stadium? I we're, oh, was one of, were yes. you at the washington square park still graduation. yes you yes. were so that comes up and what are your plans so again i was kind of stuck i had been job searching um of course to um, land a position in admissions and i really was not ready to return home to Buffalo. So I actually sublet an apartment in Chelsea, I think it was 20th Street and 8th Avenue. And I actually sublet it from an undergraduate NYU student who was leaving for the summer. And I hadn't landed anything. And I finally landed a position in admissions and financial aid at NYU's uh, School of Medicine. So I spent about um, eight months at NYU School of Medicine before accepting a scholarship and recruitment officer position back at the NYU College of Nursing under the direction of of Dean Amy Knowles. Um, So yeah, at first I I was not sure. I was doing everything in my power to to stay in New York because I felt like my experience there just was not over yet. Mm -hmm. Excellent. What what did you gain from the RA position twice at UB and (laughs) at NYU that helped you? What were the skills and competencies that you gained that have helped you in the world of admissions? Sure. So I think first and foremost are time management skills. Um, There's so much going on as a graduate student. I know in my program, we each took, I believe, three courses per semester, and then we worked in a graduate assistantship at least 20 hours a week. Um, So to add on to that, the RA position, we really had to manage our time well so that we were, um, you know, giving accurate time to our academics, our paraprofessional positions, but also to our residents who really relied on us to um, create a community and respond to their needs. Um, So time management skills were crucial. Decision-making skills, um, I still use those every single day in my job. I work in admissions, so I make important decisions all the time. 
mm-hmm. that, you know, have weight on someone's personal life. So whether or not they're gaining admission to your program. And sometimes those decisions are very difficult, just like working with students, um, maybe conflict resolution. Um, if there's roommate conflict, you have to make decisions on next steps, how you're going to handle the situation. Um, so, yes, those skills are still utilized till this day. And then, of course, taking initiative and, and leadership skills. Um, so you have residents that are relying on you, you know, to help them form a community, to be able to enjoy their college experience and their experience living in residence at the university. Um, and you have to take initiative to make that happen. So those skills are, are critical to many different professions, including working in admissions. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've always thought about having a career in higher education is how hard it must be as an admissions officer seeing them at the beginning and then moving on to the next class. Have you had a chance to engage with those you've admitted in the various roles you've had and stay connected with them? So I have, but like you said, it's a little different. You're not engaging at the same level, you know, as I was working in residence life or if I were to have a position in student affairs. So it is kind of sad to, you know, you work with them sometimes for 12 months, sometimes even longer, up until the point of orientation. And it feels like I'm almost handing them over to our mm-hmm. amazing, incredible student affairs staff at the UB School of Law. Um, but I always say during my orientation, welcome is please do not be a stranger. We have, of course, like like every institution, we have a student ambassador program. So I strongly encourage our students who are interested in helping you know, the future law students at, at UB um, to volunteer with admissions. And so we do um, work with a group of about 30 student ambassadors, and we typically hire um, two to three law student assistants as well. So there's certainly some connection. And it's funny that you asked this question because just yesterday, um, I received an email from a student who was a part of the very first class I enrolled um, in my current title as vice dean. And I enrolled that class in August of 2017. And so they're about to graduate. Unfortunately, I won't be able to see them walk across stage as we're all dealing with the the global pandemic. Um, But I received an email yesterday and this one individual I actually admitted on August 8th, 2017, which is very late. I admitted Mm -hmm. them off the wait list just about two weeks before the first day of orientation. And the student emailed me to thank me for admitting her off the wait list. She found out yesterday that she passed the New York State Bar uh, Exam, wow. which was an incredible email. It reminded me of you know why I do what I do. Yep. Um, and she actually participated in a program that allowed her to take the New York Bar Exam before she graduated. So she took it in February. Um, incredible. Yeah. So it's, it's sad that I, I, I remember her name. I remembered working closely with her. And she was very eager to gain admission off the wait list, which a lot of students are, especially over those summer months when orientation is approaching. But sadly, I didn't have a lot of interaction with her during her three-year experience, but to receive that email, you know, kind of made it all worth it and made me feel okay about the work I do and um, how it's a little bit different than working in, in student affairs. It's definitely gratifying. I, I hear you on that piece. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I've found over time working with students, uh, whether it be in any aspect of student affairs, those who are usually those on a wait list, like RAs who are uh, you hire late, sometimes those are the best uh, students because they want it the most. They keep pushing for it, I find. I, I don't know about your Absolutely. experience. Absolutely. I agree. And I think this student was one great example. And I, I wrote them back and I said, 
A, I'm not deserving of this email. You you put in the work. You're the reason why you've been successful. But it's a great lesson for me as I enter another waitlist season. And those seasons are very long. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of back and forth and communication and, you know, trying to have very difficult conversations with students. And for some of them, you know, the end is not always what they imagine and it doesn't work out for them. And some of them do. And but it's a great lesson as I as I move forward with our waitlist for, for this summer. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about, you know, you've chosen to go in working in professional schools, which is obviously very different admissions, I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, from the yeah. undergraduate admissions process. Yeah, so I don't think it was a deliberate decision I made. Um, I think I always imagined I would end up in undergraduate admissions because that's where my passion started, um, working with undergraduate students. But it just kind of evolved that way when I landed at NYU. So I went um, from the College of Dentistry. First, I covered all the health sciences. I went from mm. the College of Dentistry, um, a short time at the School of Medicine. And then um, I was five years at um, the, the College of Nursing under Dean Knowles, first as a scholarship and recruitment officer in their student affairs and admissions office, and then as uh, assistant director for student affairs and admissions. So while I was working with under mostly undergraduate students at the College of Nursing, a lot of them were second bachelor's degree students uh, pursuing NYU's accelerated Mm -hmm. uh, program for nursing students. So it was a 15-month accelerated program for individuals who had already earned a first bachelor's degree. So even there, I was kind of working with a non-traditional population. And then uh, my transition home, I actually, I felt like I was in a position to uh, pursue a role that had a little bit more responsibility. And I was searching only in New York City uh, for months until, of course, I received an email from a family member saying, hey, here's an admissions position at the School of Law at UB. And I remember thinking, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to move home. Uh, at that point, I'd been in New York for over seven years. Um, and the posting said JD preferred. I'm like, I'm never going to get this job. I don't have a JD. My, I, you know, my degree is in higher education, and it looks like they're looking for someone with a JD. Well, I decided to apply, thought, this would make my family really happy. And if it doesn't work out, I can say, you know, at least I tried and I'm going to stay in New York. Mm. Um, so, you know, three interviews later, I landed the job. And so that's um, how I landed at another professional school. So I don't I think it was more, I don't know if it was fate or just um, how things happen to unfold. But yeah, I did. I have ended up in um, smaller programs that are very specific and in a couple of professional schools as well. Have you seen the growth of um, the professional schools in terms of admissions in the last few years, or are you seeing a decline in enrollment uh, across the board in this particular field? Law schools across the country saw a um, spike in applications just after the the 08 crash. Mm. So I think, you know, of course, the students were, um, you know, Undergraduate students were thinking that, you know, the economy is not great. I'm going to seek out a professional or graduate degree. And in a couple of years, you know, the economy should hopefully bounce back. Um, so law schools nationally actually saw record numbers of, of applications around the 2009-2010 um, admission cycles. And then beginning 2011, that all um, took a turn. And so from 2011 until about 2016, uh, law school applications in the country really tanked. <laughs> um, for lack of a better descriptor, they, they went downhill. We've seen um, a plateau and a little bit of a bounce back um, beginning with um, 2017. 
we're obviously entering a whole new landscape, so it's tough to predict what, yeah. what's going to happen moving forward. But yeah, there had there had been some fallout. I think um, placement rates for graduates were not looking good for a couple of years, but they have started to turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we just wait and see. Um, but I, you know, our society needs strong advocates. They need passionate supporters, especially in these challenging and uncertain times. And lawyers need to help preserve the rule of law and social justice. So I hope that, you know, people continue to consider a legal education. Obviously, if they have any questions, they can reach out to me. Excellent. What makes what makes a, a student a good applicant uh, for going to law school? So a good applicant. So many ways to answer that question. Um, and so many ways that someone can demonstrate they're a good applicant. Law school is a rigorous, um, it's a rigorous curriculum, just like any professional program. Um, and it's a curriculum that I think is unlike any other experience they've had, at least at the undergraduate level. Um, so, for example, we get a lot of English majors and, you know, they come in and they say, well, I can write because we're very, we're very cognizant of an applicant's writing abilities. So that is critically important to the success of um, in law school and, of course, in practice. So English students might say, well, I'm a strong writer. I pursued an English degree um, and I earned straight A's. And it's different. The legal writing is different. We, um, it's a lot more to the point and less about, you know, fluff and using big words. And also our admissions committee is really focused on um, critical thinking skills. Um, so logical reasoning, critical thinking skills. So we're looking for someone with a strong background in the liberal arts. There's no set major that one needs to pursue. I think it's a misconception that applicants must be political science majors or English majors, that's certainly not true. We have students from so many different academic disciplines. We have engineering students who want to pursue intellectual property and trademark law. Um, We have biology majors who want to um, pursue environmental law. Um, So it's amazing the connections you can make from every different academic discipline. Um, But we're looking for hard workers, um, students who are, you know, ready to take the time necessary to excel in the legal profession and in law school. And I think a lot of our students treat treat law school like a full-time job. Um, So if students could squeak by at undergraduate level, um, wait until the final week to write their, you know, their their thesis or their final paper, um, that's not the approach we're looking for once they pursue their legal education. They really need to be focused and not fall behind because I, you know, the amount of work Um, the demands on our law students, once they fall behind, it's really hard to come back. So ah, I think just dedication, hard work, ready to put the time in. um, And of course, really good, strong management and communication skills. Thank you for sharing those uh, tidbits. So important for our students as they think about that major step in terms of their continued education. How about for those who want to work in the admissions world? What does it take? You know, you hear a lot about having to travel around the world or around the country, um, especially at the entry-level positions. Um, what's truth? What's fiction? And what, what are the skills and competencies most necessary for a successful life in admissions work? I think the ability to multitask. And like you said, our admissions positions are typically very cyclical, though I will say no one year is is identical to, to the prior year, of course, and I think that's true in many different professions. Um, but I think you need to be independent. 
while, of course, at the same time willing to work on a team, if you're on a team of um, admissions counselors, a larger team, that would uh, be the case if you're working at a large institution, um, especially in their undergraduate admissions office. Um, but time management skills, the ability to multitask, because like you said, in the fall, a lot of admissions professionals are recruiting, so they're on the road. And I think when you're on the road is when you really need to tap into your um, ability to work independently. Um, so I know, speaking for myself, in the summer, I actually begin planning for fall travel. We have to you know, book our own travel. And of course, this is going to be uh, different depending on, on where you land and what the institution's policies are, um, but booking your own travel um, managing your time. So if you're in one city the next day and in another city the following day, you know, are you getting everything done in that short time frame? Um, and it sounds glamorous, but I will say that it's, that wears off pretty quickly. So while it can be fun, you do get to travel a bit, depending on your position, what institution you're at and where they recruit. It's actually quite demanding physically and mentally um, if you're popping around from city to city to city, because simultaneously you can't you know, let your work fall behind. So if you're, you know, covering email, if you're reading season, if you actually start reading application files while you're still traveling, you have to stay on top of that as well. So yes, the ability to multitask, the ability to work independently, and also, of course, on a team, because once that travel season ends, you're back in the office. And I know when I worked um, at NYU as a graduate assistant during grad school, I was actually hired part-time, I think it was about 10 hours a week by NYU's Office of Undergraduate Admissions. I think during the 04-05 year um, and actually the following academic year, NYU was seeing a record number of applications. And I know since then it's probably doubled or even tripled. Um, but at the time, and they hired additional um, staff in the spring or in, in the winter, I apologize, to come in and help the undergraduate admission staff at the time they were asking us to recalculate GPAs and I'm sure their approach has evolved a number of times since since uh, 2004. Um, but I remember witnessing all the undergraduate admissions counselors reading application files um, with you know surrounded by their colleagues until 8 eight thirty in the evening. Um, and so there are some really long hours that you have to put in, to, you know, depending on what institution you're at and what that institution's, you know, approach is and how many number of applications they receive. Um, but the cycle certainly changes. You're on the road, you're recruiting, you come back. And at least for me, and this has been my experience, um, you're reading a lot of application files and recommending decisions. So you really, you have to be focused as well. Um, you have to be organized and focused and understand the institution's goals, um, uh, what their goals are for the that enrollment year. Um, to keep that all in mind when you're making those very critical decisions. Absolutely. The lifeblood of an institution is the students who attend it. So how important yes. that role is, 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 you can't understate it. Tell us what you're most proud of so far in your career to date. So I prepared for this question in case I was asked. And um, the response I prepared, I already touched on a bit, but enrolling my first class in my current role. So when I first moved home to Buffalo, I accepted a position in my current office as associate director of admissions. That it's now been over eight years since I've been home, which is, it's mind blowing that I've now been home for a longer uh, amount of time than I actually spent in New York. Um, I felt like that's a sad point to reach uh, while I love my hometown and you know, I, my roots are here and I own a home here now and I'm very happy. Um, to think that my experience in New York is becoming more and more distant is a little sad. But to get back to the question, um, I was eventually promoted to Vice Dean for Admissions. I oversee the admissions operations. So that was in early of 
of um, 2017. So enrolling my first class in, of, of course, with the help of my admission staff, it was not something I did on and not on my own. It was my staff as well as the admissions committee, which is also made up of, of faculty members at the law school. But enrolling that class in August of 2017 was a huge accomplishment for me. And then, uh, like I said earlier, receiving uh, the thank you email from the student yesterday just kind of reminded me of, of the work I've done and you know how, how far I've progressed in this profession. That's one of my proudest moments. Outstanding. Do you stay in contact with any other RA alums from NYU? I do. So, um, shout out. (laughs) Oh, she would love it. And you will love it too. I am very, very good friends with Maya Ardon, who I met at recruitment weekend, um, when we were both applying for the program and we were RAs together for a short time at 26th street before she got promoted to another position, I believe at second street. She did. Yes. Um, I'm very good friends with David pay who I think worked in a, um, a higher level position in residence life and has now been living and working at NYU Shanghai, I think yes, for about has. eight years. Um, yes, yes. I actually, actually reached out to David when, you know, things started when the, I guess when, when the coronavirus hit, hit New York yeah. and we all had to face the realities of working remotely and transitioning all of our programs to virtual. And I said, I know someone who has already lived through this. So I did reach out to him for some advice. Those are my two Closest friends I can think of that worked in residence life at NYU. Outstanding. Time for speed round. Fast answers. Here we go. Favorite tradition at NYU? Well, initially it was the graduation in Washington Square Square Park. But once NYU outgrew that tradition, of course, now it's the big commencement at Yankee Stadium. There you go. Favorite NYU professor? Favorite NYU professor would have to be Professor Taboho Moja. I work with her. Uh, did you have any part-time job at NYU? You mentioned it, one. So I had the part-time job working as a GPA calculator in NYU undergrad admissions. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Oh, yes. We saw, um, I was walking with my friends in Soho and we saw David Schwimmer. And he noticed that we saw him and he quickly turned the corner. He was not interested in, <laughs> in uh, exchanging hellos. There you go. Finally, your most memorable NYU RA experience. I think that would have to be just being placed with the International Business Exchange floor. Um, That was incredible just to meet uh, students from so many different parts of the world. Um, I think it was very representative of not only my experience at NYU, but my experience in New York City and the reason why I was drawn to such a large metro area. Um, Yeah, so it'd have to be just... Uh, my interaction with the um, IBEX students, and I'm still friends with some of them on Facebook, actually. At the time, in 2005, you had to have a, a university email account to have Facebook. So um, at the time, That's I was right. adding everyone I knew at NYU. So I'm still friends with someone I see um, how their careers have progressed since their time at NYU. Excellent. You're dating yourself, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm proud of it. <laughs> you, you should be. Lindsay, thanks so much for spending some time with me to discuss your journey and where you've le- your life has gone since you've left NYU. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was very fun. Thank you. Absolutely. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums like Lindsay, who are living the dream school alumni version. 
Special thanks to my engineer, Alejandra Aravella, and executive producer, Shahara Ranasing, and to the prof- current professional staff like Nick Evans and the alumni of NYU who assisted these great RAs in skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the newly unveiled NYU RA alumni website, which lists RA favorite books, picks of all-time favorite RA accomplishments, and also ways to be mentored. Until next time... Please remember during these difficult days to thank all of the healthcare workers who do so much to help others during this difficult time. Take care now.